Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf and this episode about the book Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott. Keep listening to find out why we all need to be a bit more weird. You're listening to Steph's Business Bookshelf, doing the reading so you don't have to. Welcome back, episode 94 of Steph's Business Bookshelf and this book, we're talking about this week, Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but I've heard this book talked about a lot on other podcasts, in other books, in various other conversations, and particularly, obviously, when the topic of writing comes up, because this is a book about writing. Now, I know that only a few weeks ago, I talked about Stephen King's book on writing, and I'm not going to lie, I have actually intended to have these two books quite as close together, but somehow in my uh, copy and pasting of doing my schedule for the podcast I've put them closer together than planned but I don't think that's a bad thing and it gave me an additional challenge which was quite good on picking out the bits that are not the same which I try to do anyway I try to find the things in the books that are not just the same messages over and over again because I'd probably boil it down to about five or six things that come out a lot across all the books But this book, obviously being about writing, there is a lot of overlap with the advice that Stephen King gives, which I'm not going to go over again. If you haven't listened to that episode, by the way, I recommend you do. I'll put a link in the show notes for you to do that. So try to keep this one and distill this one down to the three big ideas that are unique to Anne Lamott and Bird by Bird, rather than the, I suppose, the advice or the core advice about writing. Because like I said, there's a bit of overlap there between lots of other books. And specifically some of the advice about reading a lot, about writing a lot, about finding people who can critique your work and about just getting on with the process and doing it. Now, I really enjoyed this book. I enjoyed both of the books. I actually did read them in quite quick succession to each other. And whilst there are, as I mentioned, a bit of overlap in the actual advice, they're they're very different styles of book. I hadn't actually heard of Anne Lamott other than having heard about this book. I hadn't really heard about Anne Lamott. I hadn't read any or have and still haven't read any of her other books. She writes a mixture of fiction and non-fiction. Actually, more of her books are non-fiction than fiction, which I hadn't really realised until I started looking into it a little bit more after reading her book. But I'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. Quick reminder, this week is Bookmark Week, my fortnightly little newsletter or bookish newsletter that goes out with some reading recommendations, some reviews, some things that I've been thinking about reading about recently. If you haven't already signed up, there is a link right at the top of the show notes to make it super easy for you and you can subscribe there. All right, without further ado, let's get into a bit about the book and a bit about the author on Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott. For a quarter century, more than a million readers, scribes and scribblers of all ages and abilities have been inspired by Anne Lamott's hilarious, big-hearted, homespun advice. Advice that begins with the simple words of wisdom passed down from Anne's father, also a writer, in the iconic passage that gives the book its title. It's an essential volume for generations of writers, old and young. Bird by Bird is a modern classic. A little bit about Anne. Anne is the New York Times bestselling author of Help, Thanks, Wow, Small Victories, Stitches, Some Assembly Required, Grace Eventually, Plan B, Travelling Mercies, Bird by Bird, Operating Instructions, and Hallelujah Anyway. She is also the author of several novels, including The Imperfect Birds and Rosie, a past recipient of the Guggenheim Fellowship and an inductee to the California Hall of Fame. She now lives in Northern California. Both of those taken from Amazon. All right, let's get into the three big ideas I took from the book Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott. Big idea number one, maybe no surprise, Bird by Bird, buddy. The title of the book, you may have heard this talked about on podcasts or in in other kind of conversations on its own, just Bird by Bird. 
is taken from or, or was inspired by Anne's father, who was helping her brother, who had had months to do this essay and this project at school. He was about 10 years old about birds. And he'd left it to the last minute. And he sat there at the dining table, overwhelmed by the size of the task in front of him. And their dad just put his hand on her brother's shoulder and said, you've got to take it bird by bird, buddy, bird by bird. And it's just the same for most things, isn't it? You sit down at the same time or place every day and write. And this is, is Anne's approach to writing. It's Anne's approach to other things in life. You've just got to go bird by bird. However big the challenge is, you've just got to break it down, take it bird by bird and just get through. She says that in the context of writing, not one writer that she knows sits down feeling enthusiastic and confident, but they do it. They go word by word or page by page or paragraph by paragraph to get to the the first draft. She actually calls it a slightly different version of that, which you may have also heard in some of Brene Brown's work. I didn't give a little language warning at the beginning, so I won't tell you the full name of that. She says there's treasure in the piles of chaos and mess. So whilst you're taking it bird by bird and actually just getting through the process, you've also got to get through the process to that terrible first draft to find the treasure in the piles of the mess. And we need to make that mess to find out who we are. She puts across this important reminder as well that nobody's reading your first drafts. And that really made me stop and think because with social media and all the other ways that we have to connect with each other now, it's very easy to feel like you have to share everything you create, including the terrible first drafts, be it a drawing, something you've written, a photo, whatever it happens to be. But no one needs to read our first drafts. No one needs to see the mess. Now again, obviously there's a, we don't wanna just put necessarily perfect things out there, but if you're putting pressure on yourself for people to see the first draft, then you're potentially gonna be undoing yourself and finding this, this all quite overwhelming. It's also quite easy, obviously, to, to get blocked. Now, Anne argues that we're not actually blocked, we're just empty, and we need to fill ourselves back up. She actually does this in a quite a quirky way. She says, and she's feeling this, this concept of writer's block or emptiness. She'll say, right, I'm dying tomorrow. What will I do today? And she goes out and does those things. She goes to the gallery or she goes for coffee with a friend and she fills herself back up with the things that she loves doing. The other approach is to just write anything. It could be a shopping list, a blow-by-blow account of the, what you what you did the day before, of every meal you've eaten for the last two weeks, whatever it is. Fill yourself back up by doing things you love and just by going through the process, just writing anything. And this is definitely where there's some similarity between other books on writing. Stephen King's on writing is obviously a good example of that, which I talked about a couple of weeks ago, because it's all about the process. It's all about sitting down at your desk, no matter how much you maybe don't want to, and just tackle your book, your essay, your report, whatever it is, bird by bird. So that's big idea number one, bird by bird, buddy. Big idea number two is write to tell the truth. Anne teaches a lot of writing classes and she always encourages her students to start with their childhood. Just write down every single thing they remember. The, the Christmas celebrations where your uncle got drunk every year and would argue with someone else the dress that your grandma always used to wear, the smell of the cooking coming through the door, the summer holiday you took where you cut your foot on the swimming pool, like all of the things, like everything you remember, write it down. 
and talks about how you need to write as people really talk. So you need to go out and listen to people really talking and start to edit in your mind how you would write down that conversation or how you would share that conversation in written prose. By doing this and by helping your characters, and and this is relevant, I think, for fiction or nonfiction, by helping your characters create their own narratives, you will find out things about your characters as you go along. She says that some of these might be inconvenient. That person you thought was going to be a lawyer might decide they want to be a carpet salesperson. But that's the point of good writing. You create these real characters with hopes and dreams and narratives and characteristics. And then you go back and rewrite when you start to find out more things about your characters. And I just think this is such a nice way of thinking about your work coming to life. And I think it has meaning and relevance beyond just writing fiction. And obviously a lot of her books, like I said, have been nonfiction. So as a writer, you need to actually think as a writer. You need to observe, you need to listen, and you start to see everything as material, whether it is when you're going out and walking a dog and hearing a snippet of a one-sided conversation while someone walks past you on their own the phone. Whether it is the colour of someone's hat that you see at the supermarket and you wonder, why did they put that hat on today to come to the supermarket? All of those things capture it. And she talks about how she captures things like that on index cards. And she always has a little stack of index cards in her back pocket and a pen so that she can capture and write down these little turns of phrase, those little character traits she sees in real people and bring those to life in her work. So in order to write to tell the truth, we need to find out what the truth is. And that sounds quite big and kind of existential, but we need to write true representations of people. And you'll know this from when you've read fiction or nonfiction before, and you think this character or this person just seems so wooden and awful. Even if you're talking about someone who is a real person, because they're not depicted in the way that is true and has come from observation and how that person really talks, you're going to have a problem bringing them to life on the page to someone who doesn't know them, even if that is yourself. So that's big idea number two, write to tell the truth. Big idea number three, it's probably my favourite one, is be weird. This book is full of irreverence, neurosis, quirks, hypochondria, and general human weirdness. She gives voice to the weird things that we all say, feel, think, and do, but don't always show. And there's a good example of this in one of the sections where she's talking about writing things down, actually. It's where I took the the big idea from the previous big idea from. And she talks about how memories work and how her memory isn't one that can remember things for long periods of time. And that's why she writes things down. She says, I think that if you have the kind of mind that retains important and creative thoughts, that is, if your mind still works, you're very lucky. And you should not be surprised if the rest of us do not want to be around you. I actually have one writer friend who I think I'll be getting rid of soon who said to me recently that if you don't remember it when you get home, it probably wasn't that important. So it's these little sort of side points or nods or little winks almost where she says about this, you know, the friend that she's probably going to get rid of soon and and not to be surprised if people don't want to hang around with you if you've got this, this positive trait that people might be a bit jealous of. And the book is peppered with things like this and, and, just these things around and particularly her her almost her neurosis and hypochondria coming out when she talks about you know she'll sit down to write and realize that she's got a headache and wonder if she's got some awful brain disease or something and and start worrying about that and decide that that's much more important than the writing all of these ways of procrastinating and all the kind of quirky things that we think of she says if something inside you is real we'll probably find it interesting write straight into the emotional center of things and this is what right at the end of the book she starts talking about this and I just think this book is such a lovely example of 
writing as a person and writing as a person that you really are, not the person that you think you should be to write a book. And you know, I see that, I, I feel like that comes out quite a bit in non-fiction books and probably more so with newer, newer authors who are writing from a place that they think they should be or they or writing as a person they think they should be to be a writer of non-fiction in particular rather than writing as themselves. And you can tell that and you can see that. And I think if we all embraced our weirdness a little bit more or stop worrying what we, what other people think or, or this idea of who we should be or anything like that, we'd all do much better work. And this obviously extends beyond writing as well. It absolutely doesn't have to be writing that you have to embrace your weirdness for. It can be, well, anything, I think. So that's big idea number three. It is be weird. Bring out all those little quirks and add them into whatever it is that you're doing. So we're going three big ideas from the book Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott. Number one, Bird by Bird Buddy. Number two, Write to Tell the Truth. And number three, Be Weird. As I said, it's a really enjoyable read. And I think even if you have no interest in writing something, and if I was to compare this, which obviously I have been doing several times to Stephen King's on writing, this one I'd say, even if you've got no interest in writing something, fiction or non-fiction, this is a book that's probably worth reading anyway, because I think all of the lessons can be really applied to whatever your work happens to be. And particularly if you're doing something where you're creating something, which by the way, pretty much everyone is creating something. If you have read this book, I'd love to hear from you. Let me know what you thought. You can connect me on Instagram or on LinkedIn. Contact details are all in the show notes, along with that link to sign up for the bookmark newsletter, fortnightly little bookish newsletter that comes out and gives book reviews, thoughts, and some inspiration on what to read next. But otherwise, until next time, happy reading. Happy reading.